All right. Welcome back, everybody. Brant, how are you tonight? Episode six. How's your garage feeling tonight? It's a little chillier than normal, but good to be back, man. Good to be back. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Enjoying uh, football season, and we're diving right into it. Talk a little bit of college football. Not going to spend so much time today on recapping uh, wins by Michigan and Michigan State. We'll talk a little bit about it. We're really going to dive into some topics in college football that we want to hit on, and then also talking about the Lions and just overall NFL recap two weeks in what are our thoughts and then get into Brant's best bets that's what we're looking at tonight so I don't know about you man but this college football season is like interesting and that's what I wanted to kind of pick your brain at first so normally by this time and I mean I don't know man even by December you're just like okay yep Alabama Clemson Georgia Oklahoma I now maybe Notre Dame like you just already know the college football playoffs going to be and if you're a fan of any other team you're just kind of playing like elsewhere you think you're fooling yourselves if you think that you're going to break into that somehow some way but this year's just feels a little bit different I mean outside of Alabama who who's looked good hasn't looked unbeatable I mean they they had a really really tight game against Florida, which I think we both kind of thought might happen. Um, not that tight, maybe. Um, but really, every, every other team seems beatable. Like, there does not seem to be that alpha this year that is just like, you know, your Trevor Lawrence, your Tua, your, you know, whatever that team is, it seems to just be rolling everybody that looks unbeatable at this point of the year. So what are your what are your thoughts on that? You, Brandon, you think we're going to see – Finally, some new teams in the in the college football playoff this year. Where are you at with everything? I'm um, I'm at the point where it's it's to the point where it needs to be eight, twelve, fourteen teams, whatever it needs to be. Because for this year is going to be tough to watch when it gets down to it, because there's going to be a team that gets left out, and multiple teams I think this year that had an opportunity to make some noise in a playoff, but aren't going to get that opportunity. And hopefully it opens everyone's eyes to, yeah, this has to happen. And it has to happen before the contract's up, whenever it's up 2024, 2025, whatever it is. Uh, it's got to happen next year. Um, because I think when you talk about the Penn States right now, the Iowa's right now, um, you can even take Michigan and Michigan State right now. They have a great opportunity to make the playoff, but it's almost like one loss absolutely kills them. Um, and and that's not really fair when you're playing in the Big Ten East, to, my, to me anyway. Um, you know, and the SEC is very top-heavy. So you're looking at Alabama, Florida, Georgia, those types of teams that can make some noise, obviously, as well. But one of those teams is not going to be there in the end. Um, so – I think you got to cap it at 12. Well, I mean, I don't know if you have to cap it at 12, but it's got to be at least 12 to me. Um, and, and these teams need their chance. Um, as you look around college football right now, I think it was Joel Klatt that said yesterday or whatever, he's like, every place I've been this year, there's so much energy and there's so much interest in these teams right now that uh, it's the, and, and it's probably due to a little bit of not having fans last year or whatever, probably playing into this, but he just said it's amped up this year for whatever reason. And, I mean, there seems to be a lot of hope. I mean, if you watched Alabama's game against Florida, you didn't sit there and say, this team's unbeatable. You know, they're they're beatable. Right. right. And, um, you know, Florida gave it their best shot, but, you know, they came a little bit short. And I don't know what the two-point conversion call was there. That was some <laughs> sort of embarrassment, some sort of miscommunication between that the back and the quarterback. 
um, which wasn't a good play, but I mean, still they almost had them. So um, you look around the SEC, the Big Ten, the gosh, even the Pac-12 is like good right now. I mean, UCLA is three and zero; they're rolling. They have a big win against LSU. Um, Stanford looks good right now. Like um, there's some teams out there in each of these conferences. Oregon has a big win over Ohio State. So um, you look around the national landscape at college football, and there is at least 12 teams that I think right now that can be very competitive in a playoff game. And that's not mentioning that the non-power fives with Cincinnati and the likes of that. And, you know, those types of teams. I, I agree. Correction. Uh, UCLA did lose this past week to Fresno oh, state. Did? Yeah. Yep. They, they oh, took oh, that's right. They, yeah, you're right. Uh, they lost to a good Fresno state team though. I mean, that Fresno state team is a good ball club. <laughs> Right. Right. Yeah. So, but, but I do, I, I think that this season probably is your first real taste of, or a real perspective you could actually listen to of expanding the playoff. I think that, I mean, not the first year necessarily, but yeah, you were talking like 12 teams, like maybe not capping it at that. I don't love that. I mean, maybe, maybe you eventually get to that point. I think the bowl games are just meaning less and less. I, I can't even follow it anymore. I'm losing interest. Yeah, in but that. do you care? Do you do you really care though? I, I you mean do I care if it's capped do at 12 you care or about more? the yeah, do you care about the December 21st bowl or the you know what I mean? Do you care about those early bowls or no? No, no, I don't care at all. I, I do think there's <laughs> gotta be something to how many games. You're going to expect these kids to play, though, and what that does. You know, if you've got 14, 16 teams, they've got to beat, you know, a few teams to get up to the top. I don't know what that looks like, but that seems a, like a lot to me. I, I would be in favor of, like, 18. Um, even on the if you were even going to creep very, very small, man, eight would be my vote um, just because I think this year, sure, like I think you can make the argument for 12. In a normal year, I, I think your your top eight for the most part is pretty solid and and pretty set in stone. I'm not saying you don't have an argument of a team that falls outside of that top eight, but in most years, I think top eight is is fair. I'd be even okay with top six. Like if if it has to be like creeping towards expanding it, I'd be okay with six and just give like the one and the uh, you know number one and number two a buy have have three and six play each other four and five play each other and and inch their way into play one and two i'd be okay with that even um but yeah i mean th this season has been just kind of nice to even have to actually tune into college football like i normally don't even watch alabama games i'll be honest with you it's just like annoying to me same with like, clemson you know they roll over everybody it's just if you're a fan of any other school you're like okay yeah well they get like their whole team are five-star recruits. You're looking at NFL caliber teams recruiting in college football <laughs> seems not fair at times, but it's kind of cool right now to see the, the atmosphere of college football. And, and maybe even this will shift the tide just a little bit of what recruits are looking at. And maybe they buy into this whole thing of, you know, almost like Deshaun Watson did right when, when he decided to go to Clemson over Bama, his whole thing was that he, he wanted to go there to, to beat, Alabama um, and had that mentality and obviously Clemson has taken off you know since then under under Dabo but that mentality of like okay this team's beatable I don't have to go there like I'm a I'm a kid who's really talented 
I don't really want to sit for two years, you know, even look at a kid like Najee Harris. I mean, he obviously got snaps, but up until his last year, it wasn't really his team. And that kid was good. You know, he was a freak athlete. So I think it would be interesting to see what that does to, to recruiting over time. Any other thoughts on that before we shift? No, it's shift. Okay. So that's overall the, the landscape of college football, but this past weekend, Michigan rolled, looked really good against NIU. No need to talk too much about it. Um, I'm, well, I'll come, I'll circle back around to that in a second. I have a, just like one thought on it. Michigan State, huge signature win. We talked about it last weekend. We both had Michigan State on the money line. I don't think that that was, uh, I don't think that surprised either of us. I think you were right. You kind of called it last week. I think Vegas is behind and, still behind on, on Michigan state and how good that team actually is. Um, I think they got a really ta- a, a talented program and Mel Tucker got that, that signature road win against a ranked opponent. And regardless of what you think of Miami and the, t- how talented they are or are not this year um, it's still Miami and they had to go down there and, and win. And you can only, you can only play the games on your schedule. And they did that. Michigan did that. And that's it. I don't want to spend too much time recapping the games. I think we all saw it. Um, as a Michigan fan, I'm I'm concerned, just like I told you when you when we had this first, or I think it was the second episode we were talking about predictions for Michigan football this year, and you were like, "Yep, I have them going four and zero in September." And I'm like, "Yeah." I, I at that time I saw a loss against Washington, and I'm like. I remember saying it on that that episode. I can hear the hype train now. Mm-hmm. Michigan goes four and zero in September. They, they win the one game on their schedule that might be challenging. Washington doesn't look that good right now, and now you can hear it. Is is Michigan the real deal? Um, and, and now you coupled that with Michigan State, who actually like. You know, nobody really knew what to expect. All these grad transfers, Mel Tucker's second year coming off a of COVID season. Now I think there's a conversation to be had. I look at the rest of Michigan State's schedule until October 30th when they play Michigan in East Lansing. They're very – I don't know if that's like seven games or something like that. They could likely be 7-0 and um, heading into that game in East Lansing. So here's my question for you, Grant. Who's the better team right now today? We've seen three, you know, three games for each team. Who looks like the better team to you right now? And who's got the brighter future as it stands today? I think right now, Michigan State seems to be the more overall complete team. And I I don't think their defense has been tested enough, um, much like maybe Michigan's hasn't either. But I like the way that they kind of got punched in the mouth in Miami and they responded well and they faced some adversity. And um, in the second half, they didn't play scared at all. And I thought they would, they would maybe shrink in the moment. Um, but they, <laughs> they, to their credit, they had, they made stands. Uh, they had ballsy calls. They really did. I mean, yeah. there was a fourth and one that I think maybe Mark maybe would have punted. Uh, maybe try to field goal in that scenario. You know, there was a there was a couple different things that was like, uh, I don't know about that call there, but uh, they they made it happen, and then they hit the touchdown on the next play or whatever happened, and then it was over from there. And um, you got to give Mel Tucker a lot of credit right now. Um, this this program seems to be trending in the right direction on all cylinders. And one thing that I noticed in that game was. 
um, outside of them not playing scared at all, or they were playing to win. Uh, they also looked very poised, and I thought their quarterback played very poised. Um, their offensive line looked shaky uh, there for for a second in the pass protection in the first half. They gave up some sacks that it was like, uh, I don't know how this is going to turn out, uh, but they really turned it around. They made adjustments, and when you see coaches make adjustments that like that, you can tell that um, – they're, they're moving in the right direction. They're not just going to stand by and say, you know, we know that this has worked in the past. And I think they got sick of that with Mark D'Antonio, Dave Warner, all those guys. Um, and you see this offense start churning some, and uh, it's, it's pretty incredible to watch right now. Um, and that's why I say right now, they're the better, um, they're, they're the better program right now at this moment. I think um, Michigan has also been impressive but I, I just don't think that, that they have played the competition maybe that Michigan State has. And, I mean, I'm talking about a Big Ten team. I'm talking about, um, you know, an ACC team uh, in Miami. And, and Michigan obviously has played two MAC schools and, uh, and a Pac-12 team that lost to Montana. So Michigan State on paper looks like they have played the tougher schedule too. So um, with all that being said, uh, Michigan does not look like there's some sort of pushover though, or they're just winning, you know, kind of ugly. They have had convincing wins. I mean, when you're rushing for over 300 yards a game, no one's going to say that you're not impressive. You know what I mean? You just can't, it doesn't matter who you're playing, I guess, um, because you're just bully balling people. Um, so they're going to get a real test this weekend though, in Rutgers. Um, and, and Rutgers is, is, is gonna, they're going to spread you out. They're going to run the ball as well. Um, and we'll see what they have, but, but this will be to their credit. This will be much like the Michigan state win against Northwestern. I think people can point to this and say, Hey, this is kind of a middling big 10 team right now. And Michigan put the beaters to them or they struggled. Right. I, I think with Michigan though, it's like, they, I, I think they, they win this weekend, obviously I think, yeah, Greg Schiano is doing a great job over there in Rutgers. Their defense is good. Their offense, I think, Michigan's defense should be able to 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 keep that offense contained. Um, their their defense is good, but still Rutgers at, at the end of the day. I think Michigan win, wins the game. I just Michigan hasn't left Ann Arbor yet this year, and we know in the Big House, Jim wins. He tends to win these these non-conference games they just started with these first three this is nothing new for Michigan football I mean outside of the messed up year last year that was you know two wins or whatever this is what this is what Jim does um and I I don't know what to think about this Michigan team do I think there's some reminiscence of that 2016 team a little bit of the 2018 team you know the whole revenge tour thing yeah I see that a little bit I see what people are saying I I keep hearing about the culture keep hearing about the kids having fun. That's great. Um, that translates to wins. But the one thing I haven't seen from Michigan are a couple of things. The first is, and tying this into Michigan State, Michigan State has been punched in the mouth. Like you said, they've shown that they can respond to adversity. They can win on the road. They're checking some boxes that Michigan hasn't had to check in. I'm not saying that they can't, but they just haven't. And so you'd like to see them come in once again. I, I'll say it. I and Michigan did throw the ball the, you know, this past weekend. They did. I still have concerns, though. And I, I get why you when you're rolling them like, like you were rolling NIU, I get why you're not going to keep Cade McNamara in the game. I still, though, he threw it 11 times. 
you know, and JJ comes in, he, he looked good. You know, I like every quarterback Villari got in there. You saw Alan Bowman, everybody got their, their time, which is good because those guys need their snaps. I'm not saying that was a bad thing, but still, I think now Kate has thrown it, what, like a total of 37 times in three games. Um, curious to see what, what will happen at Rutgers. I think they're going to have to throw the ball a little bit more. Um, but, but please tell me it's not gonna be the first time they start to really have to air it out. And that run game game gets stuffed a little bit, um, in Madison the following week. And then you're going to count on these guys to, to, to click and find their chemistry. They look good. I mean, I think Kate Cades look good and they, they seem to be finding their, their, their groove, but I still don't know about them. Michigan state learning a lot about them. They respond to adversity. Peyton Thorne looks to be very serviceable. Um, we, we know about their running game. We know their, their O-line struggled a, a, a little bit this past week, um, but, but they look good. And, and, and they're at, at this point, as it stands today, they look like the better team. But I think October 30th is going to be really interesting. And it's going to be really interesting to say, I, the, Michigan and Michigan State are both not going into October 30th being undefeated. I, I would bet money on that. So what happens when one of these teams loses a game? How do they bounce back from that? And, and that's that's going to be really interesting to see. But I'm, I'm really excited for October 30th. In terms of the future and what future is brighter, you know, right now, once again, yeah, I think Michigan State has a brighter future just because Mel Tucker is year two doing this. Um, and there's a lot more excitement around that program and kind of seeing what he's been doing there come to fruition already, which is very, very impressive. With Michigan, once again, it's September. We're excited about them. They're 3-0. and They've won the games that they should have won. They've got another home game. This is what Jim does. I get that we look good, and I think we are good, by the way. I, I, I know I'm always like the pessimistic Michigan fan. I do think this Michigan team is good, but I, I, I need to see a signature road win against a Wisconsin in Madison. Um, and, and in a lot of Michigan fans eyes, not mine necessarily, um, this, this seems like the year if you were going to beat Ohio state, they seem beatable. And I, I hear that all of the time, just beat Ohio state, just beat Ohio state. Once again, not too many teams in the country beating Ohio state, um, even on a, in a down year. So if they don't win that game, yeah, of course I'll be disappointed, but I wouldn't say the future is not bright in Ann Arbor. If that's one of like two games that you lose or something like that. I just think that. Jim's got to do the things that he has not been able to do, beat a ranked opponent on the road in the big 10 and, and make a statement. So you ready to shift into some NFL? Sorry. You look like you wanted to say something. I was gonna let you chime in. Yeah. I didn't get to give my take on who I thought had the brighter future. Um, and I think right now, I think Michigan has a little bit of a brighter future and I think it hinges more on JJ McCarthy than it does on anything else right now for that program. Um, I think that's a guy that's going to make a huge difference in the next year or two um, and moving forward. And that's it's not something that Michigan State has in the bag right now as a five-star quarterback uh, looking to lead the team in the next couple of years or anything. So I think that makes the big difference going forward in the future. Um, I just want to say that. Yep, that's a fair point. And then a couple Donovan Edwards looks with that who looks very, very yeah, good. Correct. Yep. So, yes, I, I, I would agree from a recruiting standpoint alone or guys that are there, that, that's a good point. So let's, let's shift to NFL here. So Lions, they start off Monday night football. They're looking good. Jared Goff looks good. Made some, some nice throws. TJ Hawkinson looked good. And, you know, I, I got a couple of texts from friends that were coming in throughout the game, you know, Lions fans saying, this, this is what I'm saying, man. 
Jared Goff is not that bad. He is a serviceable quarterback. He can get you some wins. He he's already showing that. And and them, what I'm getting is that they're not sold. Uh, like this whole idea when Jared Goff came here was like, okay, let's just like stick it out for a couple of years with Jared Goff and get our quarterback of the future. Well, you didn't get him last year, right? You decided to not go with Justin Fields, which I was fine with. Penny Sewell looks every bit of what you would want of um, you know, of an, an old lineman, a left tackle or right tackle, wherever he ends up. He looks very, very good. But now as you it's becoming very clear and 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 painful, I think. I think Lions fans are like, yeah, let's just go through this brutal time period. Let's blow this whole thing up. We're going to be terrible. And then it's like, you watch the second half of that game. It's just like the wheels fell off. You know, Jared Goff, <laughs> he just goes to throw the football. He goes flying behind him. Nobody touches him. And I'm like, I'm laughing a little bit, partly because I'm not a, like a Lions fan. I'm a Cowboys fan. And I, I do want the Lions to win, but I'm just like, dude, is this? And I think it's a true question of debate right now. Like Jared Goff, so coming out of this year, you likely will be the one, two, or three pick. The Jets look god awful right now, but they've got Zach Wilson, right? I'm just thinking of quarterback position alone, focusing on that. They've got Zach Wilson. Um, who knows about the Bengals, but they've got Joe Burrow. Um, the, the Texans are obviously going to need a quarterback, but they've already got a win under their belt in week one. I know Tyrod Taylor's down right now. What do you think, Brant, about Jared Goff in the future here? And I want you to think about, too, the quarterbacks that are coming out of college football next year. You know, is it Spencer Rattler? Are we, I, I don't know what to think right now about what the Lions should do this coming spring when they will likely be a top three draft pick. What do you think? You know, I was on the Goff train last week. <laughs> Uh, I'm getting off the golf train. I have, I have officially stepped off. I got a text from a buddy, a scooter gave me a text and he just, I mean, he said, yeah, that's a great first half from golf. Just wait though. Let's just wait and see what happens in the second half. And I don't know what kind of yards they amassed in the second half or if it was a negative number, but it was not great. And you want to talk about, Dave, I don't know if you remember this commercial, but there's an old commercial, like a Burger King commercial. And he's like, I got these tiny hands. And he's <laughs> yes. like trying to grab a yes. whopper. And, and that's like Jared Goff, right? He's got these little baby hands. And if you look at Aaron Rodgers' hands, they're like shack hands, right? Mm. He's just got these massive hands. So when you're playing in the rain or anything like that, the, the, it's not surprising that the ball's slipping out of his hands. It's not the first time it's happened to Jared Goff. So um, he, and that's just a small example. I mean, that there's other things that he does wrong, obviously, than have tiny hands. Um, but this guy, he made throws in the first half that you say, wow, this guy could be the guy. Um, but the Lions are already a dumpster fire. Why, why continue to prolong it? Just cut it off and just Jared Goff, try to take us to two and 15, try to take us to one and 16, do whatever you can to just, just content, put fuel on the fire, please. That's what we want you to do. And I'm in that camp. Okay. All right. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Lions sitting next spring. Number one, overall pick. Sorry to cut you off. I I got to push you here. You're looking at Thibodeau in uh, Oregon looks to be the next freak, like a chase young type of a player. He's there. He's available. Your defense is god awful. You've got Jared Goff there. You need a, in my opinion, you need a quarterback. I'll just keep my take short. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm good on Jared Goff. But, but what do you do? Is it next year? Is it, is it the year I, after? 
You take Thibodeau or you go quarterback? I don't think you have to burn the number one pick on a quarterback, and I don't want them to do that. I want them to take the best player available. Um, Hopefully it's a defender, uh, or or maybe it's the best defensive player. I heard somebody say, I don't think there's a – I don't think anybody on the starting 11 defense for the Detroit Lions would start on any other team. Not one position would there right. be a starter. Right. So, and that probably includes Jeff Okuda. Like, oh, that for sure. Includes, <laughs> yeah, that, he, that includes him. So, so while you sit here and say all these things about a quarterback, I'm not interested. If I'm a Lions fan, get that crap out of here because I want to start over on the defensive end. Let's start building from there, and then you know we'll worry about a quarter. You can take a quarterback in the fourth round and try to get yourself a Dak Prescott, a Russell Wilson, whatever. You know that's rare. But you can find one. You know what I mean? It's not the most rare thing. Um, so so just don't don't go out and burn it on Spencer Rattler just because, you know, he goes 10-2 and two at Oklahoma and puts up ungodly numbers. You know, Kyler Murray, Baker Mayfield, they all do that in Oklahoma's offense, it seems like. So, right. so don't get, be a prisoner of the moment. Um, and you need to start on def- the the defensive uh, the defensive side of the ball and get yourself a playmaker. I so I I agree uh, completely agree with everything you said, and I really want Thibodeau to come to Detroit. I just think that right. kid is like a freak. That so I I hope that's who who they get. I know we got a lot of games left to be played, but I I'm right there with you, and I'm not sold on this quarterback class i'm sure some names are gonna you know appear towards the top as the season goes on and i'll probably get a little higher on some of these quarterbacks but right now nope you you need defense you need need players that can immediately shift the culture there and you're in a you're in a total rebuild so speaking of a total rebuild i wasn't going to bring this up today and i'm kind of stealing this topic from i was listening to 97.1 here in metro detroit area listening to valeni and rico and they did a topic today and i'm like wow that's really interesting because I have a I I definitely have an opinion on this but it was different than some of the people that were calling in um Valeni was bringing up and and Enrico was kind of on the train too of trade everybody like besides Sewell get rid of get rid of everybody um and and that includes Frank Ragnow that that includes Taylor Decker that they're saying get rid of TJ Hawkinson while you can he's a he looks like a stud but you know, you're not going to be anything in the next three years anyway. So you're going to have to pay this guy like he's Travis Kelsey with nobody to throw him the ball or like not a winning team. And their whole thing was you should be accumulating as much draft capital as you possibly can right now. You've got teams like Miami who needs O-Lyman. Tua's out there dying. Joe Burrow needs an O-Lyman. Those are two teams that pass on Sewell that are getting their quarterbacks killed. What are your thoughts on that? Do you think that they should – the, the, the few shiny objects that they have, do you think that they should sell them off right now and accumulate as much draft capital as possible? Or do you hold on to those guys I just named? We don't need to go through every player. I'm talking about the players that I just named. Do you keep Hawk? Do you keep Taylor Decker? Do you keep Rag now? Um, or, or do you sell these guys right now and, and really just accumulate a ton of draft capital for the future? What are your thoughts? I'm in the camp of let's hang on to a couple pieces. Um, and they don't have to be which ones, which ones. Okay. I would hang on to Hawkinson just, just, just because I don't think the contract's going to be very much over time. I don't think it's going to be anything crazy. He could actually become a star in Detroit. He actually could put fans in the seats. I I could actually see that, you know, he's got the long flowing hair. 
he could be a guy that you can put on a poster, you know, a billboard down there, and people would be like, I actually, I like, I love, I love him. You know, he's a Detroit type of guy. You, you know? have to put it. You have to cover up all the Matthew Stafford posters, so <laughs> it might as well be Hawk. You're right. You know, and um, I think Ragnow could probably go. You definitely can get some value for him. Um, Okuda, if anybody's interested, um, you know, it's. It's, I think you know, Cast Tech could probably use him, maybe. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, Trey Flowers. You know, the guys like this right now that you can get something for. I know they're talking about trading Jamie Collins. Go ahead and go for it. I don't care if you can get a sixth, sixth round for him or something. Um, a seventh, even a seventh round, whatever. Who cares? Get him off the book. Send him back to New England. I'm sure that's where he'll end up anyway. Um, you know, get some of this, but but hang on to a couple pieces. I think you hang on to a Swift. I think you hang on to guys like that. I think Hawk, Swift, um, you know, those types of guys I would hang on to right now. So, and I I agree. I, I, I kind of wonder on like Swift though, you brought him up. So like, if you know you're not going to be winning for another three years, two, uh, they said like two or three years. I think it's at least maybe three years. At, the, at that point, now Swift is what, like 25, 26. You look at the age of running back. Like, I don't know. From that standpoint, from a running back standpoint, do I think Swift is good? Yeah. I'm like, I wouldn't sell him right now, but I'm not, I'm not married to him. The the, the guys yeah, that were I mean, go ahead. He could he could he could walk in free agency in a couple of years, but you could get the you know the juice out of him. Sure. You know what I mean? Sure. So yeah, I I, I was kind of shocked because like Valeni was going hard on that. And so were Rico of like, yeah, just sell sell these guys. You're not winning anytime soon. Um, I understand that that take and burn this whole thing to the ground, let Brad Holmes do his thing. But I really, you don't have much in Detroit right now. I'd hate to see them burn that O-line. I mean, you just drafted Sewell. Why, why would you get rid of a couple of those guys that are supposed to be staples of, you know, that was going to be the identity, right? It was like built from the trenches there on the O-line. I don't know why you would just get rid of them now because you're year, a few years away. At some point, you've got to build chemistry there and be able to protect whoever said quarterback is going to be. So I, I didn't, I, I disagreed with their take. Um, and, but there were a lot of Lions fans call, calling in anyway, that were like, yeah, just trade it all. Get, get rid of everybody. We're awful. It's like, just settle down. I, I think that people are like, yeah, let's do the rebuild till they see how bad this team is. And now everyone's like, Oh, let's just burn this entire thing. Now, they are burning it down. Okay. But let, we don't have to get rid of every single thing on this team besides Penn, a Sewell um, and, and Hawkinson too. I'm, I'm with you. Like tight ends can age a, a little bit better. You look at Travis Kelsey is like 32 still balling out. And I, I think that I'm not saying that Hawk is, is Travis Kelsey or George Kittle, but I, I think he is going to be in that same category. I agree with you. I think he could be a stud. So it didn't make sense to me to trade, to trade those pieces. And I mean, I know Brad Holmes has, has a good tra a track record and he's won over a lot of people with what he's done with the draft and accumulating things. But um, I still don't, you know, accumulating second and third round draft picks. You don't see all those guys turning out to be like, you know, all pros. So, yeah, let, I, I get the idea of accumulating draft picks, but let's not blow the whole thing up. So, sorry, we, we spent a lot of time on that. Very quick, Brant. What do you make of the first two weeks of the NFL season? Give me just a, a couple of quick thoughts, and then we're going to move on here to Brant's best bets. Um, the Baltimore Ravens uh, beating the Chiefs this weekend. I thought that was an important win for the NFL. Um, I thought that watching them, and I talked about it last week, I think they, they play with fire, right? 
They, they, they seem to not care. They're nonchalant at times. And it finally burned them. I'm glad it burned them because I'm sick of hearing about their September record. Oh, they can just waltz into anywhere and win. Well, I'm glad Lamar like got the best of them. That was awesome to see. And it was a great Sunday night game. Um, great job by the NFL setting that one up. Um, but overall, I think there's some interesting stories out there. One's playing tonight in the Carolina Panthers, Sam Darnold kind of getting his revenge on the Jets and, and everything like that. That's been pretty cool to see. Um, the Aaron Rodgers stories lines, those never get old for some reason. I just think it's, it's some sort of saga of him versus the media that is continually laughable. Um, and uh, the Detroit Lions dumpster fire. That's kind of been kind of fun, fun to watch too. Um, and uh, of course, our uh, cardiac Cowboys in a game against the Chargers this weekend. That was a really great game too. Um, I think w- the, why everyone loves the NFL all the time anyway is the parody. Uh, no one team is out of any game really. It feels like maybe the Ravens Lions this weekend seems kind of that way, but. I don't know. Eight points is always eight points in a spread or whatever. So um, I think it's been great. It's been great to have fans back and uh, the betting has been awesome too. So what do you think, Dave? Well, yeah, I'll keep it short. I think first of all, some, I don't even want to say surprises, but can can we just talk about like Tom Brady is 44 years old and just still like, it is the weirdest, coolest thing at this point. I mean, from like Tom used to annoy me so much. And even as a Michigan fan, like, in New England, I was just that whole thing was just I was just over it. All the scandals, Deflate Gate, the, the you know the bugs in the ears, the recording yeah. thing. I was just like so kind of sick of Tom Brady. And now I'm just like, I saw Tom partying after last Super Bowl, you know, tossing the trophy. Like he's kind of a whole new Tom, having fun, and he's 44. Like I'm intrigued by the by the Bucks. Like they actually are look really really good better than they did last year at this time when he was first like starting off there. So I am intrigued by, by the bucks same. I, I had a thought too about uh, the Baltimore and chiefs game. I thought that was really good. Good for the NFL. I won't beat a dead horse on that. The Rams look good. You know, it, Detroit fans are funny, by the way, Th- this infatuation <laughs> with Matthew Stafford. That's an Kelly, understatement. And Kelly Stafford is like, I think the Lion fan cares more about Stafford and the Rams than they do about the Lions right now. I would bet money on that. And people are cheering for him. And I'm like, as the Lions being like my second favorite team, I'm like, okay, yeah, but remember you have like their first round draft picks the next couple of years. Like I think like a, you know, like a nine and eight record would be cool. Like with it, you don't need them to be like end of the first end, end of the first round, but whatever. I just, uh, the Rams look really good. I, obviously, I'm happy for Stafford. I like Stafford. I kind of this is not surprising to me that he's doing this. He's connecting with with Cup and just Robert Woods. Like they just they they look good and it's exciting exciting for them. And they 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 look like maybe Jared Koff really might have been the uh, the problem kind of holding them back. Um, so yeah, I'm impressed with the Rams. And then lastly, just kind of my team to to keep an eye on. The Cardinals, I, I think that Kyler Murray is special. And it helps that I have him in two fantasy leagues this year because I'm really enjoying Kyler Murray. But, man, they look good. And and I, I think that they're just kind of like that young, 
sort of exciting team right now. I'm not saying there's, I mean, they've got like JJ Watt, you know, hop isn't young or AJ green, but you know, Rondale Moore looks sweet out of Purdue. And I, I just think that they're a, a team to keep an eye on in, in a tough division uh, too. So um, yeah, I, I think it, it's exciting time as the NFL always is a couple weeks in and, you know, hopefully our, our Cowboys will steal a win at their first game at home against the, the Cowboys or again, I'm sorry, not against the Cowboys against the Eagles Monday night. So that'll be a, a fun one to watch. So Brant brand's best bets hit me with them, man. What are we, what are we looking at this week? Let's wrap this thing up. All right, Dave, we got Michigan and Rutgers, uh, Michigan giving away 20 and a half right now. This thing opened at 18 or 18 and a half and it's, it's growing. So the money's coming in on Michigan. What do you, what do you think, Dave? Um, I got, I got Michigan not covering this weekend. I think 20 and a half is an awful large number. Uh, I could see this thing getting to 21 or 22 by game time. Uh, this is a sit and wait. I'd bet this thing at about eleven fifty nine and get as many points as you can out of Rutgers, but I don't think it's going to take 21 or 22 points. I don't think they cover 20 and a half. <laughs> we were kind of texting about this earlier this week. And I, cause I agree with you. That seems like a lot. Rutgers are three and oh, I mean, I realize who they've played, but that seems like a lot of points. Um, it almost seems too comfortable though. Right. Like I think you sent me that and I agree with you. That's a I, I will take I will take Rutgers to cover those points, but it almost seems like I'm scratching my head at how large that's becoming, where I'm almost talking myself out of it that like Vegas knows something that that I do not. So yeah, but I'll give me Rutgers with those points. Yeah, quick question for you, Dave. Does over under Michigan rushing yards three hundred? Ooh, that's a good one. I'm gonna go under this week. Okay. Um, MSU, Nebraska lines all the way to five started around three. Um, does state cover the five Dave? Well, Nebraska, apparently after like losing to Illinois in the first week of the season, they take like Oklahoma down to the wire there. They're probably riding a little bit of high off of that. I, I think once again, that the, Vegas hasn't caught up to Michigan state. You've said it before. And I agree with you. I think state covers that five points I'd, I'd actually even get to go alternative spread on there I think they I think they could cover at least six and a half night game East Lansing I think state is losing early I think they beat them late and I think they cover the five all right um we got the Badgers and the Irish meeting up this weekend at Soldier Field uh Wisconsin giving away six and a half what do you got uh I don't like this game I, I don't know. I I know we've talked a lot about you don't like, like these teams. It doesn't mean you don't have to like the game. Yeah, I don't like these teams. I don't like the game to even bet on it because I kind of have similar feelings about both teams right now, to be honest with you. Notre Dame is like lucky to be where they are right now. They have not looked good. Um, I think that Wisconsin, Graham Mertz has not looked good. Um, I I think they're I just don't really know what to think of them. I don't think that they can cover six and a half points. I think this is going to be a really good game. I would take Notre Dame with the points, but I, I don't, I don't love either of these teams right now. Um, and I, I really don't like Notre, <laughs> Notre Dame. I think that they, uh, they've been playing with fire and I, I don't think that they win this game, but I, I think they cover it. What do you think? Jack Cohn revenge tour. 
he's going to get his revenge. I, I, I think they win a close one, actually. I like, actually, Notre Dame to win this game. Um, a very close game, but if you're going to give me six and a half, I'll bet it all day. Um, all right, moving into the NFL. Uh, Ravens-Lions, eight-point spread. Uh, does Lamar just absolutely destroy this team or what? Well, I heard Lamar was sick again today. He doesn't have COVID-19 for like the 19th time, but he has like a stomach bug or something. And I'll tell you what, with the Lions being at home here, eight points, I think everybody's going to be high on on Baltimore and look at Lamar and be like, yeah, they're about to just steamroll this defense. And they likely could. But I just got a feeling with the Lions being at home that they're going to keep this within a touchdown. So uh, give me give me Lions with the with the eight points. Yeah, I think if even if Lamar misses, this line might move a half a point. Like right. <laughs> it's not right. going to be much. Um, yeah, I'll take uh, I'll take the Ravens with or without Lamar. Doesn't matter to me. I'll take them. Got it. Um, Bucks Rams Rams getting one. I mean, this is kind of a toss. Some kind of a coin flip. What do you got, Dave? I think that Tom loses his first game this year simply because I think it's going to be a really good game. I really want to watch this game, to be honest with you. But um, I, I think with the Rams being at home and the, you know, I, I just, I, I think that they win. And I think we're going to see potentially this not be the last time these two teams play each other. I, I actually could see this, these two teams meeting, um, you know, in the NFC championship They're they're, they're that, I'm that high on, on both of them right now, but I, I'll take the Rams at home. My wife cannot get enough of the Staffords, and I don't know what that business is about. Same. Yeah, my wife too. My wife. It's Kelly Stafford, <laughs> I'm telling you. I am so sick of her talking about Matt Stafford. Give me the Bucks simply on spite. Right. Um, we got the pack <laughs> and Niners. Hold on, can, hold on. Let me let me interject for a second. When we were texting about this earlier, we're like, "What is it with our wives just loving the Staffers?" You're like, ah, "I don't know." I think it's like Kelly Stafford, Instagram. They got like a million kids. Chicks love that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it is, but LA Stafford is absolutely crushing it in the women game. Yes. Um, pack Niners. Uh, Niners. Uh, do they cover three and a half, Dave? They're at home. No, I, I, I do not. I not, not that I think the pack have been outstanding by any means, but I don't know. Aaron back in California, flipping his hair back, you know, he's back, he's back in his old stopping grounds. I think that uh, I'd actually take pack on the money line here. I think, I don't think the, I think the 49ers are like pretty good. They got a good defense. I'm not, I'm not sold on all their drama with like Brandon Ayuk right now, or Jimmy G at quarterback. I'm looking at this as a, Jimmy against Aaron, and I'll, I'll take Aaron coming off a pretty solid win this past week, even if it was against the Lions. What about you? Yeah, the pack seemed to get it together in that second half, and Aaron seemed really happy after the game, and Aaron Jones got rolling. I think they're on a little bit of a high. I also, you know, Kyle Shanahan kind of invited this into his house when he brought in Trey Lance but decided to start Jimmy G. Um, I think there's a little more turmoil out there. And you mentioned the Brandon Ayuk thing too. It's, and you, you said their defense is good, but I, I think their defense is average. If you're, if you're asking me, um, I think the pack kind of roll out there. Um, and, and if you're going to give me the three and a half, all the better. So um, I'm, I'm with the pack. Um, all right, man. Lock of the week. 
Uh, last <laughs> week I texted you that it was the crock of the week. You got to you got to um, buy a new lock. <laughs> Your other bets have been great, but man, this lock of the week has been anything but. What do you got this um, week? I know that you were on the text message earlier when um, Nefer and I were kind of discussing West Virginia. Um, West Virginia beat uh, a really good Virginia Tech team last weekend. Um, I know, albeit at home, but Oklahoma did not impress me against Nebraska. And I, I don't think Nebraska is that good. So um, they're getting 17 and a half points, which is a ton. Um, so go ahead and lock that up. Get on West Virginia. Um, and I'm not so sure that it's, it's, it's that they will, don't win this game. So um, give me West Virginia in the 17 and a half. Uh, what do you think, Dave? Yeah, I, I, this is for you, Gage. My friend from West Virginia uh, <laughs> lives in the D.C. area, and, and we were texting about West Virginia last week, and he was pretty excited about that game. I, I think West Virginia covers that. Um, I, haven't, I haven't watched too much of them, but I watched enough of Oklahoma to think that 17.5 seems like a lot against anybody r- right now, let alone a West Virginia team that just had a really nice win. So I, I'm with you right there on the uh, lock of the week. Okay, great. I actually was, uh, I have to tell a story real quick. I was at a bar last weekend when I was in Tennessee. Oh, here's um, my surprise face. No, no I'm just <laughs> kidding. Uh, and there were so many West Virginia fans in, in Nashville for, for whatever reason, but they had overtaken this bar at like noon. And anytime anything happened, it was the let's go Mountaineers. And it was just louder than hell in that bar. And uh, it was actually pretty cool. A little trivia fact from the gentleman I was sitting next to. um, Did you know that's where Nick Saban started out coaching? West Virginia? Defensive backs? Did you say John Denver or Nick Nick Saban? No, I didn't know that. I did not know that. And then he goes on to tell me he actually played at what college, Dave? Antonio Gates U, Kent State University. Didn't know that. Wow. Wow. I, I'm gonna have to fact check that some yeah, random go guy ahead and in Tennessee check it because I got it secondhand from some guy at a bar I was doing shots with. So <laughs> it's got to be accurate. <laughs> you seem like a real straight shooter. Right. Right. Yes. All right. Well, hey, thanks, man. As always, episode six in the books. Go blue this weekend. Hopefully, they stomp all over Rutgers. Go Cowboys Monday Night Football. We'll see you guys all next week. Enjoy your weekend. All right. See you, Dave. See ya.